Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. I am always your host, Logan Grigsby. This episode is unofficially brought to you by the Local Cannabis Co. Support local, smoke local. Um, We're going to have another phenomenal episode for you tonight. And with that, I would like to welcome tonight's guest. From killing it at 420 Fest in Topeka, shredding around places in Lawrence, like at places like the Hawk and Bullwinkle, the Cave, and now killing it at out here in Casey from the Levee to Ale House and now Casey's new Fountain Hoss, I would like to welcome Savage Habits or Cardell Hart. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I'm super pumped. Well, I'd like to appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, come on to the podcast tonight. So my first question would obviously be, if you could get rid of any state in the United States, gone, boom, ocean now, irradiate, whatever you want, what one do you, what, what, what state's gone? Alaska's probably going. Alaska's probably going. Ohio, because they scare me. Ohio could go, too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple places that could probably go. I'm scared but. they're creeping. Well, do you think Wyoming's a real state? Have you ever met anybody from Wyoming? Have you ever been to have. Wyoming? I don't think I'm I not con- con- entirely convinced Wyoming's real. I think it might just be upper Canada or lower Canada. Wyoming's its own own entity. Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your musical background? What was the role of music growing up in your life? Um, I didn't really get into like music serious, serious. So probably like, uh, probably like high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to be like an actor, kind of my whole life. That was the goal. Absolutely. And then I got into video editing in high school, and I absolutely loved it. And then uh, I started going to uh, church camp. And that's how I got my first uh, DJ gig. I made a mix through like my video software mm-hmm. and then just stood on stage and like jumped around and it was really awkward because I wasn't DJing at all. Okay, first off, we're going to get a tally going on church camp kids because it's at least camp 50% kids, on the podcast so far. It's at least 50%. Yeah. But no, no, absolutely. So that's, that's, a, that's how a lot of people get, get going into it. Um, so what all instruments can you play? Um, I played a cello all throughout high school, mm-hmm. and then I've just kind of been learning uh, like software itself, but not exactly an instrument. Mm-hmm. Like I can't play piano or you know, the clefs and keys and all that nonsense anymore. I kind of forgot. But so, what were you like in high school, and where are you from originally? Um, so I grew up in Indianapolis, and I lived there till I was like eight, and mm-hmm. then I moved to New Mexico. I was about 12, and then I moved to lovely Lawrence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, as a kid, I don't know, I was always like the class clown or like fucking around fell, doing crazy shit fell. and getting in trouble and doing wild stuff with all the wild boys. But um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, after high school, you get a real, uh, like, you just forgot how the world really is, and you got to, like, ship up into shape really fucking quick. Absolutely. So if you could instantly master any instrument, what do you think it would be? Ooh, probably piano. I feel like piano is so good. so much depth good to it. Good answer. Such, because I feel like once you can learn the piano, you know, all the keys, you can kind of transition Dude. that to everything else. But I feel like that's probably also one of the hardest ones to learn, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. That and, like, a harp. <laughs> or like Harp, a, harp. Yeah. I wanted, yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love to do the harp. So, what are some of the first concerts you went to? And do you have any concerts that made you like say, wow, like I want to be a part of this? My mom took me to concerts as a kid, and I did all the like crazy festival shit and went to all that stuff, and it was always really fun. 
But the first one, um, I'm trying to think. My first EDM show, that was obviously like just a, a big realization, like in the people there, and they're so like, and it's just it's just inviting, such yeah. A positive attitude. It's just such a vibe. And then I don't know, like the world, especially now, it's just such a crazy ass fucking place that people need that kind of like escape, absolutely, just to get away from that. But um, sorry, long uh, answer, but probably I went to. Uh, Black Tiger Sex Machine at the Granada. Ooh, and this fire. is before they had visuals or anything. It was just three helmets, three dudes, and a couple like par lights on. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have anything crazy. And seeing them, and that was crazy. And I remember telling people in school, like we were in the gym locker room, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go see Black Tiger Sex Machine. And everybody's heads kind of turned around. And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck? What even is that? Yeah, I got a Black Tiger Sex Machine jersey. And people are like, what What even is that? Yeah, yeah. What even is that? People don't give shit the chance. Like, if you give anything mm-hmm. the chance, like, you might be mind you're gonna get into Or you're it. just missing out. Like, people are missing Absolutely. out because they're not giving EDM the chance. EDM the chance. And even if you don't like it, you're going to have a good time. If you go oh, with yeah. a group of friends, even if it, if that music isn't for you, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. There's always EDM shenanigans, too, that mm-hmm. just, they're so out of this world, you, you couldn't even predict, like, that happened at each show, the stuff that happens that are so funny. Absolutely. For 420 Fest, we bought that cow. Shout out to uh, the cow. I love the cow. But yeah, we bought the cow, and now the cow is like a giant thing on its own. Oh, the cow is going to be bigger than all of us. Yeah, the cow, <laughs> the cow is going worldwide, baby. So how would you describe the word wook to your Christian grandmother and or a five-year-old? Oh, man. A wook. A wook is... They're almost like a homeless entity, a just homeless like. Uh, <laughs> but I would say in general, the Wooks are like uh, they'll make everything get by or somehow scrub by by the end of the weekend alive, but you don't know how. Yeah, like they make it happen. For a five-year-old, I'm showing them Star Wars and I'm showing them Chewbacca. I'm yeah, like there that. you go. I'm like that. That's you hear it. you hear that noise he's making? They'll make that noise sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell me a bit about like your first music teacher, um, or most inspirational music teacher? Oh, like in life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, probably DJ Hayden. He's helped me um, just navigate the scene, like because I do open format and I do EDM stuff. Mm-hmm. So navigating uh, just the open format scene, like there's so much drama and nonsense that goes into either of them and trying to navigate that and he's been such a help just with like hey these are like the politics side of it these are like how you're supposed to talk to people you know this is how you're supposed to do this and that side of it i more have a problem with than just like the music side of it like i think i can you know a lot of people can dj but then when you get into that it's like a whole whole other level i am consistently scared that i'm gonna get canceled or i'm gonna say the wrong thing People are hunting for you, too. Yeah, people 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 want to cancel you. People want to see you fall. KC, while you're a beautiful community, there's some ruthless people out there. I see you. Oh, yeah. So have you ever helped mentor or train someone else in music? I think think just, like, also owning a company, Crowd Control, with Mm -hmm. uh, Jaden, DJ Acrylic. And just going through this and kind of, you can give people tips. I don't know if I've completely like mentored somebody. Probably the closest was Castro, but just like helping him with stuff and get him bookings. And, but just along the way, getting stuff like telling people, like, try and keep as many bridges as you can, like, not burned. Or if you do, like, somehow mess up with some stuff, 
like try and try and mm-hmm. recover as quick as you can or like apologize or you know be the bigger man just knowing like okay this time i need to swallow my pride and just lose mm-hmm. that happens sometimes so why don't you tell me a little bit about your production company? Tell me about the history. You, yeah. Jaden, correct? Jaden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. why don't you tell me about the history of your guys' company, how you guys met? Um, I'm trying to think of the first time. So the first time we met, I met him. He was hanging out with uh, DJ Schwasted, mm-hmm. uh, Saul, and he was DJing for a futuristic show. If you guys know futuristic rapper, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing lyricist. And uh, I don't know if they didn't promo the show correctly, but there was like 20 people in the crowd. Ooh. And yeah, Should at a futuristic a show, Should've which is like, he's huge in my eyes. So I was mind blown. But uh, I met him at that show for the first time. And then I did a uh, DJ competition and he came by and uh, I, he hadn't seen me DJ. And then he was like, oh shit, this guy's like, like pretty cool. Like, and then um, he came to the cave one time and then during the pandemic, he came over to my house and we mixed together and a couple times and he was a little bit newer. So I was mm-hmm. kind of like, I mean, he's probably actually the closest person I mentored. Now he's nowhere near like he's killing it. You know, he doesn't yeah. need a mentor anymore. Like now he knows everything, but he's probably, I mean, the closest person that I mentor, but we gained a friendship out of that. And then we just kind of saw an opportunity that uh, maybe we could start throwing shows and we're, you know, I think we understood there's a lot of sides of it that you need to learn. If you just try to jump in and throw your own mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. it, you know, you need to make it pretty professional right off the gate. So Absolutely. we knew, like, we wanted good flyers. We wanted, you know, like, I talked to EDM people. I tried to figure out who, like, the, the best be, the were be, in best, the city. The best advice that I've heard is if you want to start throwing shows, the best thing to do is just go help out somebody else. Either yeah. volunteer, just go help out. Yeah. Just get, and then even then, they're just going to give you advice. They're going to talk to you, and then you're also going to build connections. Yeah. Just definitely, like, figuring out... uh if you can, you know, get knowledge from somebody that's been doing it, like, you know, DJ, like those DJs, like from Kansas City, like Ashton Martin, Hayden, they've been doing it for, you know, almost 20 years. So they mm-hmm. know how they know Ashton Martin, Hayden's probably a little bit newer, but he still knows, you know, everything to say and what mm-hmm. not to say and that side of it too. But just watching people that know what they're doing. Absolutely. So what movie title do you think best describes your life? Or if you could name a movie after your life, what do you think it would movie be? title would be a good one. I don't know how to answer this without being like too cocky or like not being <laughs> cocky enough. I don't know. I can't. I grew up yeah, really, really poor. Ground. So being poor and then kind of making it and savage habits, the underdog story. Yeah, yeah. Savage habits, the come up, the come up, the grind. Slump dog millionaire. Hopefully, <laughs> there we go. So when you first started making music, was it a hobby at first, or did you know like right away that? that's what you want to do you wanted to, you wanted to dj you wanted to make money doing this you wanted to make a career out of this i definitely think uh, i think everything like with video when i did video as well i think it starts out with a hobby and then you slowly are like oh i'm getting you know kind of cool with this i didn't even the first two years of me djing i didn't even really know what i was doing at all like how to uh you know either mixing and key or like beat matching or any of that i mainly just like filtered the song out and then switched the song and then I started, once you go out and you see DJs and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. Absolutely. And you start figuring it out. Getting better and getting, getting better. better. for sure. So did you have any pets growing up? Um, yeah, I've had a bunch. A uh, dog, probably had a couple goldfish that died that Oof. I got from the carnival. Yeah, um, I had a tarantula. Goldfish. Oh, man. Oh, man, no. Yeah. I had a tarantula. Uh, my brother had a snake. 
But just mainly dogs, I think. Nothing like too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Just snakes and spiders. Snakes and I spiders. I can deal with snakes. Yeah. I can deal with snakes. I used to feed alligators chickens, but. So, what does your creative process look like when you decide to sit down and make music? Um, I just I just recently actually got into production, so that's a whole other ball game. But I mean, uh, mainly you go on Splice, go get your. Uh, go get some beats or try and get uh, some kind of plugins and stuff like that. And then just uh, slowly adding that together, like getting the drums together and getting that into some kind of melody. And I'm trying to really push uh, trap music and I absolutely love trap music. Absolutely. So that's the route I'm kind of going and figuring out those patterns were, mm -hmm. I think the first big thing. Cause uh, you know, like everything's different. Like house has a specific pattern. Dubstep has a specific pattern. Trap has a specific pattern getting that. And then slowly just getting more and more stuff that's, you have to get the same shit that's usually in the key too. Mm -hmm. So if you get like some kind of uh, like loop or like something that's going to be your first like starter, like synth pattern that has to be in the key that you're using, or you can go up and keep it. It might sound weird. Like it might like throw it off or something, mm -hmm. but just kind of doing that and really just sitting down and, you know, just trying to grind it out. And some of it's oh, annoying yeah. and just, it's not working and you might have to start a new beat or whatever. There's a lot of it. It just takes a lot of time to perfect some of that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So much of it ends up not even coming out. Most people oh, have yeah. so much 80% of 80% of their music's unreleased. Yeah. If, if not more. Um, so have you ever felt starstruck meeting an artist? Yeah, I've actually, I think I've met, you know, some of the most people in Kansas city that I could think of, but, uh, yeah, I've met, uh, like Cole Bennett, which that was mm -hmm. probably the biggest one to me, which was just a whole crazy ass experience. His best friend was getting like kicked out of a venue for something. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, I'm like throwing the, sh you know, I'm one of the people throwing the show yeah. right now. And then Cole came up to the fence and he was like trying to get him back in. And I was just like, you know, like, oh my God, what do I say to this kid? <laughs> and I just always look, I look really fucking young. And at this time, I think I was only like, I think I was 20. And so I, I literally probably looked like I was like 16 or 17 trying to like talk to an adult about like adult <laughs> shit. Listen, not, my friend, let me yeah. tell you about my friends. Um, I've met uh, Smoke Perp, uh, The Baby, Lil Mosey. Um, I met Wookie, Eliminate, um, Tech Nine, Futuristic, Caskey. Yeah. Caskey was probably one of the coolest uh, rappers in like... I can't even believe that I met him because a lot of these people, like, I really liked lyricists and I grew up with mm -hmm. that and that's kind of what I liked. And meeting them and then being like, like right now, lyricism isn't at like a, a lot of these dudes are not doing like sold out tours. And I Absolutely. think they're the most talented, talented hip hop artists on the planet. There. Like I literally think that Caskey could go up against mm -hmm. any, you know, any kind of person that's in there right now. And he was so cool when I met him and just... Uh, Jaden actually DJ for him acrylic, mm -hmm. so he DJ that show and got to DJ during Caskey set, which is like mind blowing to me. Yeah, just meeting these people and then being cool as well. So what what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Um, I'd say my mom listened to some weird shit, so I'd be listening to like Grateful Dead or like the String Cheese Incident yeah. or that kind of stuff. Um, when I got to middle school and just like the people that I was hanging around with. It was more like hip hop and just mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and just hearing so many different kinds of artists. But my friend Joe, uh, Joseph Esparza, he always was hooking me up with like the latest thing. He was like the trendy guy. So he knew like what was coming out and what was the cool stuff. And he'd always tell me and then I'd fall in love with it and just hearing that stuff. Mm. 
and then just growing like with people and just figuring out like when I got into the EDM scene, I was just going to like the shows and you don't really figure out what you like enjoy till you find yeah. it. And then once you find it, like once I found trap music, cause I loved hip hop before. I don't know why it didn't make any sense, but I just didn't know that there were artists out there like that, that made mm-hmm. hip hop mixed with uh, like EDM and those kinds of people, like a lot of them have similar come up. So like similar kinds of DJs, like they grow up as like, like Flostradamus, they grew up as more like club DJs mm-hmm. and radio DJs. And then they had to like figure out how to produce and figure out that realm of it. But just like the love of uh, more like the vibes, you know, mm-hmm. and like that kind of environment and the like most turn up stuff you can think of. Okay. Do you have any uh, stories of having to deal with like crazy fans or people in the crowd <sighs> or anything like that? And I just had one this last weekend. Actually, I was DJing at uh, Kelly's, and this girl asked for a song. And so two songs later, I played the song. Mm-hmm. So I played the song, and then she comes up, and she's like, hey, when are you going to play my fucking song? <laughs> I'm like, I just played it. Like, well, it, I was in the fucking bathroom. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't even know. And you don't even know what to tell them, because I'm like, yeah. Do I, I'm not going to play it again, you know? But uh, stuff like that happens all the time, or people, just drunk people, um... I was playing the cave in Lawrence one time and I looked over and this dude was eating my pizza. <laughs> I'd gotten pizza and this dude had grabbed it, grabbed the plate and started munching. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, what the, f- what the fuck are you doing? And then he just took off, like took scurried off. into the crowd. He, I didn't see him again <laughs> that whole night, but he took, crazy, crazy took stuff, L, bro. He hit a lick. <laughs> yeah, dude. Licked on my pizza. So how Stole do you it, how, it, how do you go it. about responding to fans in the community and social media on person? Um, I think it's really cool. Like once you meet some people that they believe in like your vision or they believe in like they kind of know what you're going or if they have a conversation with me, they know like there's no give up. Like I, I'm going to see this shit through or like it's going to happen. However, I got to make it happen. And uh, then, like, truly supporting that or messaging me about, like, music or mixes. And once they pick out, like, a specific spot, like, you're like, yo, oh, my God, like, how'd you make this through the song? Or how'd you do this edit? Or how'd you, like, put this together? Or, like, scratching stuff. Sometimes people ask about how the scratching is involved. Just stuff like that that people, like, really pick out something. And it's not just, like... Hey, bro, that mix was fire. Or, like, you know, whatever. It's, it's like, them really, like, fine-tuning and being like, yo, I really liked this about it. Not mm-hmm. just, like, that was cool or that was a good set or, you know, we get that shit a lot. So Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, even, everybody, even if you're just trying to be yeah. nice to somebody, you could just be like, hey, that's a good set. So if you could go on tour with any three musicians, you oh, could... Oh, man. Op- you're, oh, obviously, you're opening up for them, but... Who 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 would you like to go on tour with? Any musicians. I would I'd probably say probably like Flostradamus mm-hmm. would probably be my number one. Uh R. L. Grime would probably be number two. And then I don't know if I could open for them right now because they're on opening sets, but they're fucking amazing. But like almost anybody from Stable Valley or like anybody that does trap. Mm-hmm. But uh definitely ISOXO, I think in a couple years I I just hope to meet some of these people. Like, I don't even know even about touring with them, but meeting them would be like, you know, lifelong dream. Mm -hmm. I can die now. I've met my, you know, favorite icon or whatever. Absolutely. So what do you think is the most rewarding part of your job? Ooh, we have, um, probably because I do open format stuff and I do EDM stuff. 
there's gigs, you know, sometimes you got to just get through some gigs and it's not as fun and there's not as many people there, but definitely those gigs that you're not expecting. Like mm -hmm. I just like that Kelly's bar. I just played that recently and didn't expect anything out of it and it being like kind of like a, you know, more dead kind of gig. And then um, that turned up to be like a body to body crowd in this so weird like vibe. You didn't yeah. see it coming. And ju just the crowd energy, like you can tell some shows when people either like when they re react to like a song, if they're like, oh, shit, I haven't heard this before. You hear like, oh, <laughs> you know, you can tell you can tell when you're doing good and when the crowd's vibing with it, when they're not. So to counter that, what do you think is like the most stressful part of your job? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, definitely. I, I think it depends like with the DJing side of it, probably just the gear, like you're worried about your stuff to like give out or like if there's a power outage or uh, that kind of stuff or like going into a bar. Usually I'm so like technical about shit and I want to go into a bar and give them the best show possible. And I don't know what exactly that um, like entails. Like mm -hmm. in some bars I might play a new bar and I'm like, are they more hip hop? Are they more, uh, you know, like. I have literally a crate that just yeah. says like white people shit. And like <laughs> that usually works well with all the college bars. But I kind of know that. But just knowing like once you play a place or seeing somebody play a place and you kind of figure out what you they can really like. Figure out the vibe. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so what is your weirdest dream? Ooh. Weirdest dream. I mean, shoot, I'd love to still be in like a if I if I could be in like an ad or like a movie or something, that'd be cool. I'd still love to be an actor. Like, I still think that's uh, a cool thing to think about. And I still love videography. Like, if I could do some video. I'm thinking about starting up a YouTube channel soon. Maybe doing video with that. Because I'm full-time DJ now. So, that's uh, it leaves open my, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have, a, I have a YouTube, kind of YouTube TikTok channel. It's called Fat Man vs. Wild. I go love to, that. I go to fancy places and get mauled by animals and act like a jackass. It's great. That sounds fun. <laughs> Steve-O would love that. Yeah. So is it more important to be liked or respected? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I'll probably have to go, I think, respected. Because mm -hmm. I, I think, especially owning a company, I think it's a lot easier to slide by on things if I was just a DJ. But owning a company, there's a lot of fine lines that yeah. you, know, you kind of have to be drawn and just how you talk to people. Because mm -hmm. we talk to a lot of people or we put a lot of new DJs on or like, you know, artists well, that we reach at, out yeah, to. Yeah, at the end of the day, you want them to be res respected. Like, well, it's cool to be friends if you're running a company. Yeah. You want it. You want that professional boundary. Yeah, it's definitely a hard line to draw, too, because a lot of these dudes like uh, a lot of these guys that we put on. Like They're I cool try. Dudes. They're cool dudes. Yeah, a lot of them are cool guys. Like I like to party with them. And especially if I have a night off and I want to go to like, you know, go see a bigger artist or a show, just enjoying that. And, you know, it's weird to step out of that, too, as being like it's almost like you're a boss and stepping out mm -hmm. of that boss thing and just being like enjoying it and hopefully these people will see me for me now you know i'm out of the the business suit and now i'm just partying and i'm having yeah. a good night and this is what it is hmm. but sometimes it really is hard to draw those lines or like know even if somebody's your friend or they're trying to get like a slot knowing where to draw that line too so say you're playing a show and the crowd looks bored or like not very hyped up yeah what's your go-to what do you do to hype them up I usually like to I like to talk to the crowd a lot, but I think there's always a good line to be drawn with that mm -hmm. and know when to 
shut the fuck up and hop off the mic. But I probably, I don't know, when I get drunk, maybe I draw that line a little far. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, like talking to the crowd or being like, you know, three, two, one when it's dropping or saying like, you know, I think the biggest thing, like when I saw Post Malone perform, uh, I really took it in, like how much he was thanking the crowd and mm-hmm. being like, you know, I think it means a lot. Like you can really, because anyone can say like three, two, one, or like thanks for coming out to my show. But really being like, like yo, thank you guys, like gratitude. you know, like that you guys spent money to come see me play tonight, or if you just came for the show, if you're like opening. I know they didn't just come to see me, but some people do, and that you know they're taking money out of their, you know, their, their hard like a lot of yeah, money, a lot of people yeah. work hard for that fucking money. So then. A lot of people also, they'll just be like, yo, I'll just go see, you know, whoever's cut, like, you know, I'll go see Stevie Oki once a year, but I'm not going to go support anybody local. But the people mm-hmm. that do come out, thank you so much. It means the world to us. And I hope you had a good night, too. So can you tell me about your worst performance and what do you think you learned from it? Ooh, sheesh. That's a good question. Um, probably when I used to play the Hawk, I don't ever play there anymore because mm-hmm. I'm an adult now, so but I hear it's uh, sticky. yeah, it's quite the it's place. A very sticky situation. Never been. I hear it's quite the sticky situation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that place they had, it was during a rainstorm. They had a leak in the, uh, in the DJ booth. Oh, so I had to like man. try and like move my board over. And then I had like a bucket right next to my DJ equipment, like catching the water, <laughs> but shit like that, like that. You know, DJs complain about some little shit happening, and there's shit I've been through. Like you're I, just sitting I, there. I had a bucket in yeah, the corner in the fucking booth. Like yeah, like I mean, or just like power outages. Like there's there was a storm one time while I was DJing, and the power went out, and then everyone just all you know at that place it was packed every single night. It was just like the college nightclub, and mm-hmm. you could usually get in, and if you're underage, yeah. so but um. But just that, like having three hundred people turn around and stare at you and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Hey, and I'm not—it's not me. It's just just to tease the drop. This is yeah, yeah. The drop. Give it, give it five minutes. Yeah. <sighs> this uh, another party that I did. I did the CBT uh, fraternity party, mm-hmm. and they hooked everything up. That was like an outside party, so they hooked up all the speakers, the uh, controller, the lights, the movers, like everything up to one outlet that went inside their house and so that went off and it was going off every like two to five minutes so it was going off and it went off during mo bamba and they just this is like peak mo bamba time so they just kept it going kept it singing but yeah just stuff like that like people don't understand a lot of that stuff's out of our hands like i can't absolutely you know technology's technology but rarely ever happens like honestly and especially with like CDJs and stuff now, like they're at a higher caliber. But when you have like shittier boards or like you don't have enough space on your board or whatever, you know, or you're out in the heat, like there's so many different factors. Absolutely. So, what do you think is like the funniest thing you've ever heard from a fan? Ooh, I'm trying to think. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know about funniest, but definitely. I don't know. People being drunk, you can tell when somebody's really drunk, and you're like, "Did you enjoy the set, or are you just are really you just ha- are, you are you just, just gone hype? right now?" Yeah, yeah. Just hype. or like off of drugs or whatever yeah. they're on. But you you can tell usually when somebody starts really slurring, you're like, "Okay, man, he's just having a good time. He's having a great night." So, I could have been anybody that yeah. night up there. So, how has your feelings of confidence changed since you started playing to today? 
I think I've always been kind of a just a, a more confident person or just knowing kind of what I'm saying or, you know, just putting it out there and hopefully people take me for me. And, uh, you know, I'm always really straight up with people. So sometimes it comes across a little bit mean, but, you know. You got you got to be. You got to be, yeah. But, um, yeah, just kind of having that straight up mentality. and But I definitely think the confidence as you do like those big shows, like coming off of if you play like a 400-person crowd and then you hop off the stage, it's just that, that like adrenaline and you're like, you know, you're up there. You're at like your mm -hmm. peak at that point. What do you think is the worst style choice that you have ever made? Ooh, this is a great question. Um, one day in high school, I wore an all red maroon outfit, and my mom literally said something before I left too. My mom Son, never what are commented. What you doing today? What are you doing? Yeah, she was like, and I was like, I was like, no, it's trendy, like it's cool. <laughs> and it was like a yeah maroon T-shirt, maroon pants, and then a maroon uh, shoes. They're like, I think like SB Jordans or like Jordan ones or something, mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I I don't know. I don't know why I thought that that was a cool thing. My mom worked, used to work for the Pack Sun, so I got great discounts. Pack Sun slaps. Yeah, but they had this pair of big old poofy parachute pants. I was like, Mom, let me get them. She's like, I don't think so, son. Gotta I have guarantee, them. two years, Mom, count it to the day. Everybody's gonna be wearing parachute pants again. They're coming back. Mullets have obviously came back. Oh yeah. Um, I'm definitely doing the the belly the belly shirts. Belly shirts for men. They're coming back as well. Oh, crop tops. Crop tops for men. Get the crop they're tops, baby. Back. They're coming back. So, do you ever get nervous? And how do you deal with pre-show jitters? I think. Um, so I started out doing. I think I was doing pretty good, and then COVID kind of happened. And then coming back to that, like not doing a yeah, performance because you don't even know what the crowd wants. There's so much to it. Yeah. It's their first time. But just for me, too, like I hadn't performed in like, you know, uh, I'd say at least by like five months or something. But having that crowd back and the feeling that that gives you, it's usually really like nervous until you're up there. And then like one song in or like right when you start, you're just like full adrenaline. You're full. You're good to go. Like you're pumped. The crowd's feeling it, like, then you're there, See, you know? I think the good thing about when everybody came back and it was everybody's first show, everybody was excited for anything. Oh, everybody yeah, like... Everybody cooped up for so long, like, you could, you, could, you could go to anything. The crowd energy was at an all-time high, for sure. How do you think that your personality is reflected in your music? Ooh. I think... Um, I really care about DJing, like, uh, the, the scratching and how like DJing, you know, like originated. I care about that a lot. And I think that that definitely shows cause there's not a lot of other people or it's, it's definitely one of the hardest DJing things to learn. And a lot of those people like in the EDM scene, I don't know if it's frowned upon, but it's definitely not as like, you know, people can just click Q, you know, do their fucking nine bars and then drop it in every time. And it's pretty simple, but once you start mixing some shit in or like scratching or doing that or like a little accent, I don't like to scratch all the time either, but accenting it and, you know, giving homage to like the roots of what we came from. I think that's a big, big thing Absolutely. for me for sure. Absolutely. So what strengths do you have that make you feel that you're good at what you do? Um, uh, I'd probably say variety that I can go and I can kind of go play any kind of room and, you know, I think I can rock it or have like a good time. Obviously, there's duds every now and then, but 
Um, no, nobody throws perfect shows 100% yeah, of the time. Yeah, it does not happen, but definitely having more like the, I can go play trap somewhere, or I could go like to a house venue that's like after hours, I could go play house there, or I could go do like a twerk set, or I could go to like a, a hip-hop nightclub and still be okay, and I wouldn't just like, you know, get booed or something, but... Mm. Do you have any uh, weaknesses that you're currently working on? Still, I think there's production, but I think everybody mm. always, there's something that somebody always, can work on. You always can taught. better yourself. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. You um, not get perfect. Probably that. And then uh, for our shows, we definitely want to start bringing some more bigger people mm-hmm. for sure. That's definitely something I think we want to work on. And then definitely my mouth. My mouth gets the best of me sometimes. <laughs> I'd be talking, not knowing who's listening. When was when was the last time you climbed a tree? Ooh, shit. Probably probably a couple years. It's probably been two years. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mem- trying to break it, break a leg or something. You Memorial know I mean? Memorial Day weekend, but I, di- I dived out of the tree and rolled out without my shirt on. I came up covered in. It was a vibe, though, guys. I it was, was pretty. Vibe. I was pretty teed up, though, so it didn't matter too much to me. Yeah. If you're drunk, you can do whatever. Yeah. You're invincible. So, what does the word "plur" mean to you? Peace, love, unity, and respect. Um, I'm very mixed on "plur" because after you actually get into the scene, there's a lot of like, you know, "plur's cool" Taking and all advantage of people. Yeah, there's a lot of there is a lot of negative subsets yeah. to it. I what think it, real "plur" means. Yeah, I think it's just like all in all the the good people that are there and they're really accepting and letting you just be you. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a whole vibe. Like nobody's fighting, nothing's going wrong. Like when I was going to hip hop shows, there you know crazy stuff at hip hop shows or DJing hip hop shows. I had a guy pull out an AK once at a show. God damn. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, just going through that and but definitely peace, love, unity, respect. Just, you know, having an environment where you feel welcome, welcome and know and everyone there. At the end of the day, you're all coming together to listen to some something you like. At the end of the day, you have something, yeah. all, all of you have something in common, which is you're coming to this show to listen to music that you all enjoy. Yeah. Or just getting an escape. Like, even the people that don't yeah. know, like, just getting, uh, you know, I get to put down my phone for this weekend if I go to a festival and... Forget about all the nonsense on social media and life and just go have a good time, you know? So when you're making music, do you think you're making it for yourself or do you think you're making it for other people? Probably myself. A little bit selfish of an answer, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, all in all, like at the end of the day, you got to, you got to make it with heart. Yeah. You got to make, you do got to make it for yourself. And just making something, I mean, just making something that you even think is good is a hard thing. Cause after, you know, when you're listening to those beats, like. You're listening, you might listen to the same loop fucking a hundred times. And then by the time you get done with it, like if somebody heard it for the first time, maybe they would think it's good, but I already listened to it a thousand times. So it's like, do I still, if you still think that shit's good after a thousand times, then mm-hmm. it's, it's gotta it's be good. pretty good. Yeah. But I miss when everybody played old town road three, times, oh, yeah. three times a night. Shout out Lil Nas. Was, yeah. That was the one song that never went bad. So do you have any uh, guilty pleasure artists? Ooh, who who would I be that would be guilty pleasure artist? A lot of people don't fuck with G Easy, and I like I love yeah. G Easy. I think G Easy 
If also a lot of people like you can mess with them, but then when you see them live, like some people are performers, like really Mm. good performers. And he's definitely somebody that stuck out and I can go listen to his music and I appreciate it. Some people would just be like, he's a fuck boy or whatever. But I think the G Easy's a fucking beast and he's a really good performer. Like if you, if you want to go to see like a really good performance show, go to a G Easy show. Good answer, good answer. Yeah. So what does your family think of your career choices, and how do you feel like they have contributed to your journey? Um, I think my family's very supportive of my stuff, and I, I don't know when they kind of – I think it probably took a little bit. Like, they were always still like, you know, he's doing that DJ thing, cool, cool. But I think they're really supportive when it started picking up, and then I was like, yeah, I'm getting booked at we're, – we're, we're booking shows at, yeah. you know, like Aura. Aura was a huge step for me. Because it was like, before that, you know, a lot of this stuff, like, you need to know a guy, or you got to do something, or Mm -hmm. you got to, there's a lot of, like, and then when you're coming up, you don't have anything really to offer as a DJ. Like, what do do you have to give, you know? You're just asking for money, you're trying to get a slot, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. But then, when you start, you know, getting your name out there, and when we started owning a company, then we have something to give. So we can also, you know, we can put you on, or we could do a a trade or a swap. Work work together. Yeah, that's why I love Kansas City. There's so much working together. All the, it's never really a competition. It's all the big production companies working together. Yeah, a lot of them are usually pretty good. And then we also know, like, we usually tap in with specific people to figure out, like, oh, are you doing a show this night? If so, we probably won't book it that night, Mm -hmm. and we'll try and do it another night. Just so everybody gets their money. Like if we try and do two shows in one night, yeah. you know, we're both going to lose money. We're not we, we quite just... Denver yet. We can't book out multiple shows every night. Oh, yeah. So what do you think is the best piece of advice someone in the industry has given you? Definitely the don't burn any bridges. I think that mm-hmm. I told Castro that I live by that. Just, you know, everything you can do to try and mend the bridges. I, I agree with that completely. I saw this one guy who was just so negative, just constantly talk shit. Oh, I hate Kansas City. The scene here sucks. Da, da, da. They they talk shit over cer- certain uh, clubs and shows. I'm like, yeah. you're not going to. Why do you think people are going to support you? It's not it's not the scene. It's you being negative. Yeah. Also, sometimes I think people have to separate some of that shit. Like there's there's bad things you know, that happen everywhere. Yeah. And this scene, especially they bring them out. So they're out there, but all in all, if you go to the majority of these shows and you, you just hang out with the right people, meet the right people and you will have an amazing escape. You will figure it yeah. out. Yeah. But you'll figure out pretty quick. Like, I mean, I don't know. I have a radar for that shit. So you can figure out pretty quick within like five seconds of talking to somebody. Oh, this guy seems a little bit schemey or, Oh, this guy, Absolutely. you know, you can get Absolutely. a read off people pretty quick. Have you ever participated in a uh, music competition? Yeah, I uh, I did. A, I've done. I think I've done a couple of submission kind of competitions, but nothing kind of came mm-hmm. of it. And then I did a DJ competition in Lawrence, and I think that shit was rigged. But it was really <laughs> sad. But um, uh, but just I mean, all in all, like still that that kind of thing. Like even when you think you got it locked in, sometimes sometimes you don't, and you just gotta wait for the next time or. The next kind of uh, opportunity, and absolutely, I was trying not to just be like, "Yo, those guys were bad DJs or whatever." Like, I don't, I don't know why I didn't, but you know, sometimes stuff happens. Even if the skills are there, like maybe the enough mm-hmm. people weren't there, or whatever, mm. is what it is. But you learn from it. You come back better. Like that gave me so much more motivation. Like, okay, I lost this time. I'm gonna come back next time. We're gonna kill it. 
So how do you do you do you work a nine to five currently, and how do you deal with the long nights of working a show, working a production company? Yeah, those are long nights, three a.m. So setting I everything down. Just recently, I moved to Overland Park, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, I was working at Sonic, and I was working eleven to uh, I think to five. I wasn't working nine, but yeah, yeah no, I I work um, I work ten to four. Yeah, bless my bless, again. I said on the last podcast, yeah. bless my boss Shane. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of balancing that stuff. It's definitely kind of hard on like some of those days. But usually our shows are like Friday or Saturday, so you know you have the day to recover. Like on Sunday, you got that day to recover and then go into uh, stuff. But sometimes, yeah, if I had like a Wednesday shift and then we we're doing stuff at um, we we're doing stuff at uh, like Sonic, I'd work eleven to five and then have to be at Aura like throwing a show at like 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then having to go back and we're at Aura till like 3. We don't get home. Yeah, Aura is, we lived Aura in Lawrence. is a late one. Yeah, we lived oh in Lawrence. Oh, my God. So by the time you're getting home, 435. the sun's practically coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, legit. Like after me and Jaden would get like Mickey D's or something, <laughs> we'd be pretty much there. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of people, they see like the work that we put in, but they didn't know we were driving yeah. like – from Lawrence, especially like me and Jaden, were driving an hour and a half every day to go to anything yeah. in Kansas City, and it, that it, that it kind of grind. I've like lived I, in a Lawrence, it is it is a grind. Yeah, but I hope people understand that it almost took us like for the work that I've put in like twice as much because of how much we've had to fucking drive. So, if you could throw a benefit concert for any charitable cause, what what would you pick? Shoot, probably some kind of disease or. Just for like poor kids, like giving yeah. like, I I would love to eventually one day throw some kind of thing where people donate their shoes and give them to kids. Yeah, I think I actually I absolutely love shoes and I think that, that could be like a big, a big thing to help kids in need. Like a lot, I, kids always need shoes. Like I had shoes growing up that would be like you know the foot's hanging, it's talking to you. You'd fake about it, mm-hmm. but you'd really be sad, you know. I think that I would take the money and I'd do the whole Batman thing where I'd go up and I'd break people's arms for an eighth of weed no, or I'd like send people to the hospital over misdemeanors. There you go. <laughs> Ruining lives day by day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bat no, Batman, bat- Batman's the bill the billionaire is help- helping the poor by yeah, going yeah, and breaking go. their arms. Uh so what's your zodiac sign? Uh I think that I I'd be a Taurus. Is that What's your birthday? Yeah. 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 Okay. Birthday? Sorry. I'm not super into that. I didn't no, know if I was like I a feel... moon sign or like something else, but my zodiac sign, I believe, is a Taurus. Last time I asked them if they believed in stars, and I think they got a little offended. Yeah. Yeah. I asked it with a hand flourish. I just feel bad. Like, I, I don't know, you know, but mm-hmm. I, Taurus, and I think most of the time, like everything that I see on that, it's pretty accurate for me being a Taurus. <sighs> Adam, I don't want to know how my day yeah. is going to be. Uh, what is your most recent act of kindness? Ooh, shoot. What did I do recently? People freeze on this question. I feel like this is a bad one. What oh, if I, I don't have anything? Oh, I don't have man. any acts of kindness. Um, one time this girl fell on the ground, so I like shoved her, shoved her a little bit more. Oh, I put sick. Some dirt. I put some dirt in her knee. There you go. That's a great act of kindness. Um, I think, uh, like real, like a real, real act of kindness. Uh, one of the times that I played the bowl, uh, probably like a couple months ago, these girls were outside and they said like, 
something happened and they couldn't get home. So I drove them like a couple blocks to their place. Okay. Just cool. And it's weird because uh, like my shit was fully loaded up. So I had like two All speakers and this there. one girl was just like shoved in like the corner of my car next to these speakers. But it was, it was, you know, it was kind of like sad. And I was like, I don't know if this is weird or like if I should yeah. offer it or what, but I did it anyways and took them home and dropped them off and then went and got some, uh, Burrito King in Lawrence. Oh, I love the burrito. Oh King. yeah, I love the burrito King. Gotta get that burrito King. So, if you have would have your fans remember you for one thing, what would you want it to be? I hope just being like one of them. Like you know, I'm I, I'm not too cool for school or whatever. I love just going to shows and just talking to anybody. Like if I'm in a VIP booth, it doesn't mean I'm like a VIP person. Absolutely, I'll go down in the crowd and turn up with y'all or you know whatever. Just like one of y'all just trying to get by and trying to live the dream. So if you could let your fans know one thing right now, what what, what do you want to tell them? One thing right now, what would we tell them? Uh, I think the possibilities are endless for any of y'all. Just, you know, go chase that dream. Yeah. Try and find some kind of support system that actually believes in you. It's really hard sometimes when you're not hearing, like actually hearing, like, you know, you're doing good right now. Sometimes we get caught up in all the... The weird stuff, but uh, just do what you want to do. Live your life. Get out of, like, the the norm, you know, having, like, a 9-to-5 job. Like, figure out what you enjoy. Even if you're not making the most amount of money, just find what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. I would like to tell my fans to smoke crack and stay whack. Vibes. <laughs> so tell me about the day of a show. You're playing. It's a Friday morning. How, what do you do? What's, what's your routine? Pre-show <laughs> rituals? Yeah. Probably trying to get food in me as quick as possible because my anxiety starts Do you, do you wake out. up early? Do you wake up whenever? Oh, you... I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big like night owl, big party animal Absolutely. night owl. Absolutely. So I don't usually wake up till like noon or one. That's usually like the. And then the goal is go get some food. Go get some food. Go get some food. Uh, maybe talk. I think if you talk to people about your problems or like situations you're in, I think that helps so much to like relieve them or like they'll have a different view on it. Like if I tell my girlfriend I'm having a problem, then she'll be like, you know, it's probably not that big of a deal. Then I'm like, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it isn't that big of a deal, but just, you know, talking it down or helping mm -hmm. me out with that. Mm -hmm. I hear shots is usually part of most people's Yeah, things. shots. Yeah. When I get to the show, yeah. <laughs> That's um, most people's pre-show rituals, shots and or blunts. Yeah, definitely trying. <laughs> like, I think one of the biggest things is trying that day to, like, just fill it with other things. Like, maybe yeah. go play some games. Like, not try Keep and dwell on it busy. or overthink Keep it. Your mind yeah. Busy. Yeah. So definitely. if you could go on tour in another country for a year, but you could not come back to the United States for the entire time, what country do you think you'd go to? Ooh. I would love to see the EDM scene in like Europe yeah. or something like that. Absolutely. Like, that'd be great. I think I'd have a great time in Mexico. I'd be a little, there's some scary parts of Mexico yeah, for sure. But, but staying out on Cancun where yeah. like Elenium and all them do their, 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 their festivals is great. Oh, yeah. So I was out there. I just went on vacation. I was out there the same time that Paradise Blue was out there. Oh, so, but man. we like we were on a different resort. Mm -hmm. But it was funny, like, being in the airport and seeing, like, people with, like, pashminas on. And you could tell you're, like, hey. and you could see the vibes. It was so hilarious seeing them come in. And then when they were leaving, and you could tell, like, I'm gonna I sat with on. this I'm one dude on the plane, and he was, like, 
I was like, I was like, how did you get like, did you, did, were people like taking Molly and shit out there? <laughs> and he was like, he's like, yeah, I took four. And you could tell that his brain was yeah, just you like, you could tell his brain just was beat, just exhausted. He's dead. Yeah. I think he, I think he took acid at some point that weekend too. I was like, shout out to this guy. Mm. So what are your dance skills like? Oh, great. great. I'm an amazing yeah. dancer. Yeah. I great used to dance. be, yeah, I, I used to be doing like the, I can do the thing where you're like rejecting and then you like jump over your knee and do like a pin drop. I don't even know what half of those words or most of those cool, words mean. Cool so. dancing from back in the day. Like the teach me how to jerk. Mm-hmm. Assume you know what that one is. But, yeah. Yeah. Do you I have any uh, random fun memories that just pop up in your mind when thinking about your career? Yeah, uh, honestly, that church camp, like the second year I performed when I was like kind of DJing, I was still kind of filtering stuff out, but performing like that and uh, just like that was kind of one of the first big things when you kind of like when you feel a crowd and you really can like, I don't even know if energy is like a real thing, but you can really feel that and feel them like, and when they go up, you go up and it's just like a, you know, a hiding thing. Um, Other highlights of my career, the first time I played the cave. The cave I was going there forever, and it's under the Oread. If nobody yeah, knows, yeah, I, I love the cave. Amazing venue, and then I I ended up becoming the resident DJ there a couple years later, but um, absolutely loved it every time. Like their sound system's really good. They could have like my visuals on the screen. It was like the coolest thing for Lawrence, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I uh, like my end goal was like to play Aura. So that's you know now we're in like a weird yeah, like now we're now we're trying for other stuff. Goals. Yeah, new yeah. New goals. Okay, so where's the name Savage Habits come from? Uh, we I used to just say it. I had three friends, and I actually wanted it to be like a we had like a triplet duo DJ kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then I just ended up kind of trying out. My first DJ name was DJ Cardizi, mm-hmm. so I had to move past that. So I thought that it was just a kind of a cool name, and I'm just also very blunt with people, and I just say what's on my mind. So mm-hmm. I feel like it, you know, it's kind of accurate, but. Absolutely. Still nice to people all in all, or definitely new people. If you get to know me a little bit more, maybe I'm mean, but definitely straight up. So besides music, what do you like to do in your free time? Ooh. Music runs a lot of my life, honestly, but definitely in my free time, uh hang out with my girlfriend, definitely hang out with friends, uh love games, Xbox, Xbox Boy. Trying um, to get, I, I've recently been getting into the disc golf. Uh, yeah. I just bought a kayak, so I'm going to make I definitely make need my, to get the, I need to get the fuck out of my house and go yeah, do some fun shit I'm like that. Yeah, I'm big, big video gamers. I'm in cyberpunk right now. Oh, 2099? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but stuff like that. Definitely in the summer, trying to like, I want to go to like the pool and do stuff out there, but definitely, I mean, my life's pretty ran by music, honestly. Absolutely. Trying to go to the movies, do stuff like that, just get out of the house. Doctor Strange was pretty good. Yeah, I need to go watch it. I just saw Top Gun. I hear Top Gun's pretty good. I have heard Top Gun's pretty good. Big fan. So if you could go back five years and give yourself some advice, what would it be? I think patience is the biggest thing. Like A lot of us, I, I don't know, you come to the realization pretty quick that it's not as easy to blow up or it's not as... This isn't as simple a path, and it's not like renting a book somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's definitely things you can learn from people along the way that will help you, but there's no book that's just like, this is how you become a professional DJ, and this is every single step, you know? But 
um, you know, just trust the process and like, it's going to take some time. Like, I don't know. I don't know why in my head when I first started DJing and I couldn't even DJ at all. I thought like, I'm going to be touring in like a year or like, you know, but mm -hmm. you figure that shit out that, you know, a lot of these guys that you think just blew up, like they might've been doing it for 10 years or whatever. Like I'm coming up on six years DJing. So figuring out, trust the process. Like you're going to get there. Just keep working. You're going to be cool. Just, just keep, keep, keep working. Don't and give up. Take something from every single DJ you meet. Like somebody's always got something to give. So that can help. When COVID happened, oof, rough did, time. Yeah, how how did that go for you? Started to work a lot more at Sonic. <laughs> that was the first thing. Like I was doing open format stuff, so that was mainly paying my bills. And then I was only working a couple days at Sonic, and then I had to work like full time. And um, I don't know. I was doing live streaming for a while and going on Facebook, and then. One of the times I think I got like a couple thousand uh, views or like uh, a bunch a bunch of views because it got submitted to like a uh, like a beer chugs chat or something like that. Oh, like I an love the beer chug. What happened to that Facebook page? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So I was in that and I was DJing in there, and then they were a lot less strict about how they played stuff. Mm -hmm. So now if you play some stuff for like two minutes and you have like one song, it'll be out of there quick. Like, you can tell pretty much right away that they'll uh, just ban it. But, yeah, it was a cool time, like, trying to just keep that energy up or vibe. It was very hard during COVID to, like, you know, see it as a career. And, uh, like, in the space that I was in and since then, it's like, why didn't I just believe in it the whole time, you know? But definitely. Okay. So COVID was rough times for DJs. Do you identify as a fruit or a vegetable? Super fruity, baby. Super fruity. Okay, yeah. what fruit? What fruit? What fruit? I'm probably a strawberry. Strawberry? If that's strawberries, even a fruit. Yeah. yeah. Strawberries, I think yes. that's a fruit. Definitely. Big strawberry Tomato? Guy. Is that a fruit? Tomato, tomato, baby. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like tomato's a vegetable. You feel like tomato's I don't know. a vegetable? I don't know shit, though, but that's what I think. <laughs> okay, so if you could play at any festival in the world, what would you like to play at? Oof. A good question. I'm gonna go super basic and go like EDC. EDC. Yeah. That yeah. or like I mean Lost Coachella Lands, would be co EDC, super cool. Coachella. Yeah. I'd want to do. I'd want to do something. I'm not a DJ, but I'd want to do something out. Like I want to do Defcon out in Australia or like Tomorrowland in fucking yeah. Netherlands. I'd want to do something out yeah. out of the country. Yeah. What else would be really cool? So, if you could, if you had an unlimited budget, what would you like to do for the community? Shit, I'm gonna do some shit for myself first. <laughs> um, unlimited budget, though. Um, I'd probably just, I, I would want like my first two things would be like buy a not buy a nice house, buy a nice car, get those locked in, and then everything else after that. You know, like if you got some, um, if I literally had unlimited money, oh my gosh. Probably go go back and donate. I don't know. I'd probably start like a charity or something and try and help kids. Just poor kids. Yeah. So how do you deal with stress and unwind? Oof. Definitely trying to talk. Just talk. I think talking helps so much. Like just talking mm -hmm. it out or talking to somebody about stuff. Um, get Going out, like just getting out of your house and just in that like that bubble and going and meeting people. I just love meeting people and new interactions with people and just hearing different people's life stories or how they grew up or, you know, you'll find people out there that you relate to and you wouldn't expect uh, you like relating to them at all. But, or rich, like I'll talk to rich people, I'll talk to poor people, whoever, just 
kind of uh, getting different vibes from people. Do you have any musicians who inspire you, and what about them inspires you? Uh, fucking probably Flostradamus. I love like I think my favorite artist is probably R.L. Grime, but the most like the closest that I think like my mixing style is, and like uh, just how I want to kind of portray like my image and brand and do all that stuff. I would definitely say Flostradamus, like how he's done stuff throughout his career. Like uh, Virgil helped. Uh, if you guys know, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but the guy that ran uh, mm-hmm. Off White and helped with the Louis Vuitton like marketing team, he designed uh, their like stage and helped with all their merch and stuff as well on one of his big tours that he did. Mm-hmm. But definitely like I want to be within uh, like f- the fashion kind of realm as well. Like when I put out merch, mm-hmm. I want it to be like good quality stuff. I don't just want to get like a Gildan tee and slap my logo on and sell it. So. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think if you were born with a different name or if a person's born with a different name, like Chad or Stacy or Karen, yeah. do you think that's going to influence their personality? Oof. It'll definitely influence how people think of them. But uh, I feel like if your dad were to name you Chad, you're definitely growing up in like a frat life. Yeah. If yeah. your dad chose that name for you, you, you might already there's be some like correspondence a, yeah. along the line. Yeah. All the frat houses decided in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Hey, Chad and Brad, Chad, baby. Chad and Brad, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. So, what would be your absolute dream collaboration? Uh, probably ISOXO. I would love to collab with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever get it, or even if our sounds like match up, but um, that'd be an awesome collab. I just, I'd love to just sit in on some of these people. If you just listen to some shit on a really good speaker, you can tell like how far down music production like goes and how many mm. levels there are to that. And just literally like if I could sit in with some of those people like, like Troy Boy, if you could sit on like a Troy Boy sesh and just see how, how far yeah. that shit goes or like what kind of like plugins they use or what kind of, just what their methods are and how they're doing stuff. But a lot of that stuff too That I don't think a lot of people think of That they think that it's just like In the studio And people do that stuff Like a lot of people can send stuff now So you might not even be In the studio with an artist Making a song together You'll send him a part of it And then they'll send a part back Or whatever Mm -hmm. Or artists that get like You know Grizz was talking about I think he had Wiz Khalifa on a song And it was just like He just sent him like the acapella Or whatever Like Mm -hmm. he didn't He didn't ever meet Wiz I couldn't imagine meeting an artist that I have a collab or not meeting an artist that I have a collab with. Yeah. Like never meeting Absolutely. them. And then you just that like would be... have a collab. It's just weird to think of, but it's a possibility mm-hmm. for sure. So how do you handle song requests? I think it depends on the person or where I'm at that night. Honestly, sometimes I've had requests where I was still setting up my shit. Like we're still setting up the music. There's music playing. And then I'll tell them, it just seems like they're not, they're, they're only, in, like, one thing on their mind is, like, my song's going to get played, whatever I do. They're not listening to what I'm actually saying. Like, mm. somebody I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm still setting up, uh, come back in, like, 30 minutes. And they're like, why aren't you going to play it? I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's not what it? I said at all. Like, <laughs> listen to what I'm, you know, is I'm a person. Me? Do you have a problem with me? Yeah, it's like, I'm a person, you're a person, please listen to what I'm saying, uh, you know. But all in all, like if people are nice to me or they come up nice or they're like, hey, I really like your DJing. Could you maybe add this in there? Or like mm-hmm. it's maybe a question like, could you do this? Not just like, yo, play the song or else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, hey, could you help me out with this song if you got it? And sometimes we don't even have it. Like maybe I don't have it in there. You know, the, the latest thing that dropped. This guy asked for a fucking little Uzi song 
like two hours after it dropped one day, I was DJing. I was like, yeah, I don't have it. Sorry, it just dropped two hours ago. <sighs> you fuck. So how do you see EDM evolving in the next five years, and how do you see your sound evolving with it? Um, I definitely, I think everyone's going the dubstep right now, route right now, like dubstep's fucking huge right now, and I would love to see where that's going to evolve to, or what's going to go next, or genres that, like trap, trap is kind of like a dying genre, but if it's going to come back, I definitely think they have some people pushing it really well in like the direction it needs to go, so, but it's just the amount of producers in each genre, like, you know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. But dubstep's huge right now, and that's what I think everyone's on. Or like a house route, like maybe house is gonna be massive in a couple of years. Oh, I love house. Drum and bass is coming I, up. They keep saying this year is gonna be the year for drum and bass, and I keep hoping. Everybody's fucking loving drum and bass right now. But I, I've I've been fucking with it too. I think it's a good mixture of both. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit faster tempo, so it's not just like house. is a very solid, but it's, it kind of reminds me of house. And then when it gets to the drop, it's like a super fast like. Almost uh, like techno house or like mm-hmm. you know fast house, like hard style house. That's the thing. Okay. So we're about on time. So why don't you tell me about the upcoming projects you have and what we have to look forward to you coming up? Um, I'm working on just working on. I'm working on production stuff and actually just putting it out there. Like I just need to put it out there or bootlegs to give to the other DJs. Like super, certain mashups that I made, so I can hand them to them. Then play them out too. Um, uh, right now, I have Breakaway coming up, and I have ULE. I hope that works out. It's been on uh, kind of a weird notice as of late, yeah. but yeah, we've um, been trying to get Austin on here. Yeah, but I hope that all works out. Um, uh, I want to do a Halloween show this year. I'm working on finding a venue for that and making it. I just really want a f- to have everybody there mm-hmm. and not have like people have any excuse. So I want to do a Saturday somewhere. Yeah, at, and if I want to have it a free Halloween show. Too. A free Halloween show so just everybody can come and just have a good time and have an experience and I've talked to other DJs about that too because if I'm not making any money I don't have a lot to offer DJ wise yeah. so I want that to be like whoever wants to play this I don't have they a lot to offer play, but if you want to yeah, play you want to come out and play, play if not that's okay you know most of them offer some beers yeah beers oh, for sure. a good time yeah for sure uh-huh. probably draw I think I'm gonna drop my pashminas soon and have those for sale and then do like a merch drop but yeah, just uh, we're playing some festivals this year. Big stuff in the works for sure. Absolutely. So I would like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on. Absolutely appreciate it. Know how hard it is to book times to get on. I would like to thank my audience for taking time to listen to my podcast. You guys are beautiful. You keep listening. I'd like to remind you that this is only possible due to you. So likes, listens, follows, ratings are super appreciated. They take five seconds on Spotify. Share button takes five seconds on Spotify. But everybody have a great weekend and stay safe.